This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Gordon on vacation once again. We'll start with New York basketball. There's been some changes and it means a lot. Want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM along with Brian the Brain and, yes, the legendary Jake the Snake. We're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN in New York. Hope you had a great day. Let me just say this. This was as crazy a weather day as you can possibly imagine. Earlier today, Brian, Jake, Larry got a flat tire. Sorry to hear that, Larry. Uh, I know you are, and I know you've had some issues. I did get in a really bad car accident last week, so I do know your pain. So I'm sorry to hear about that. And I'm glad to hear you were okay. I appreciate that. Yes, it was a terrible car accident. I was on the highway, and all of a sudden, the entire car shook. I looked behind me. This guy's completely... In my bumper, um, my car is undrivable. Uh, my back has been hurting, but again, you know, it could have been a lot worse. So I'm grateful that it wasn't. And you know, those those tires, those can be tricky. So I'm happy that you're okay too. You know, you can always get a new vehicle, but we can't always get a new Jake the Snake. So we're happy that you survived. I appreciate it, Larry. So aside from that, but but the one thing about it, what a beautiful day. Seventy, beautiful sunshine. Thought about Brian playing the days like this, playing little, little softball with his son, throwing the ball around, throwing the football around and stuff like that. Ah, beautiful day. Oh, you, know what wonderful. Re- you know what it reminded me of a little bit, Larry? What's that? It's the perfect spring training weather. I know. I know. And if you go to the ESPN app and you go to MLB, you see the list of the games that were scheduled for Friday. It mm-hmm. just says canceled, 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 canceled. And cancel culture added again. And if things don't turn around, there'll be major league games that you see canceled, 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 TFN. And Larry, I hate to be that annoying Yankees fan, but wouldn't it be so Mets if they finally got the manager and Max Scherzer and Starling Marte and all these guys and what happens? No season. That would be pretty Mets for you. You have to admit that. I told Gordon this months ago that there will be no baseball because the Mets have a really good team. Although, the reason why I think there could be baseball is the fact that there's some talk that they might get Michael Conforto back after the year he had last year. So maybe there will be baseball <laughs> because of that. But but needless to say, so it's a beautiful day. You're thinking baseball. You're thinking toss the ball around. You're thinking, thank goodness, maybe, maybe the groundhog was right. And then outside now, it's got to be 28 <laughs> 25 degrees they're talking about a wintry mix you know what that means snow i'm like what is up with this weather what and this is and we're going into march and yeah there's march madness and that also applies to the weather so it was just a really really weird day but it was a day that really most everybody's talking a little basketball i heard carlin talk about it Kay's talking about it. everybody's been talking about basketball And everybody's got their thoughts about the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. And obviously, if you are a Brooklyn Nets fan, 
You are simply, here's what you are right now. You are upset that you did not listen to Uncle Larry and roll on my good friends Tipico on their app and wager about the Nets before this announcement by Mayor Eric Adams that he is going to, in the next couple of days, ease the mask mandates, which will allow Kyrie Irving to play at home. Because I'm sure the odds for Brooklyn winning the NBA championship have certainly changed since they were a couple of weeks ago. Because here was the scenario, right? The scenario was, okay, what happens hypothetically if the Nets finally get rolling? Because you know Durant's coming back, so you know he's going to be fine. And when he comes back, he's going to put them in another stratosphere. And you know Ben Simmons, you're not sure what he brings to the table, but here's one thing he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to score. They'll have enough scoring. They end up with Goran Dragic, so they have a, a another point guard with with championship experience, a veteran point guard who knows how to play the game in the event that they didn't have Kyrie, right? So they were locked and loaded. So you knew they were not going to be they were not going to remain in the play in spot, which is where they are now. They could go on a roll and they could end up right now just blowing away the competition when Durant gets back. And now with a with a rested Kyrie, who's only played in half the games, a rested Kevin Durant because of injury, a young a a veteran point guard who knows how to play the game. I mean, they are locked and loaded to win it all, and if that's what happens, nobody will remember Kyrie not playing. Nobody will remember the fact that Kevin Durant missed time. Nobody will remember any of that because the ultimate idea has been achieved. Winning a championship. Because that's what they were put together to do. Even before Harden, the idea that you had Kyrie and Durant, they were brought here for Brooklyn to win a title. And you won't even miss James Harden. You'll laugh and say, ah, you could have been part of this. Duh, James Harden's never going to win a ring. That's what you're going to say. Many people are saying that now about James Harden. He will never win. He's never going to win a ring. So if that all happens, Nets will be, the Nets will be not going down Grand Army Plaza, but they'll be going down the Canyon of Heroes and making sure that they have an NBA championship. Because, I mean, with all due respect, looking at the West, who can match that firepower? Who can match? Who's going to try to contain Kevin Durant in the West? Now, I will give you Golden State would have a shot. They would have a shot because they would be in a position where they could score with Brooklyn, okay? Because, you know, Clay Thompson back. Steph Curry, amazing. Draymond Green would be back to anchor that defense and actually anchor the offense as well. So that would be entertaining, Forget about the Lakers. We all had thoughts of, well, maybe it would be the LeBron against KD and AD. No, they're not. They, they're, there's the, no, don't see it. That's not happening. They're the Knicks West Coast at this point. So that's not happening. So it won't be them. Phoenix, obviously, you would think they would have a shot. 
Chris Paul, but Chris Paul being hurt, don't know what the scenario will be. He should be back in time for the postseason. They have had a phenomenal first half of the season. There's no question about that. So you would think that they, you know, they would also be in the mix. The Clippers have an outside shot. I mean, look, uh, Memphis is becoming more and more interesting. I mean, they have just been on fire at 41 and 19. Utah, I'm not sure about. I think they have some talent. But th- listen, who's who is beating this Nets team at full strength and deep, which is the other thing. Now, the question will become, okay, how does Steve Nash coach? What does he do? What's the scenario? Can he match wits with, with some other coaches in a short series? Uh, how does that work? Those are questions, you know, you have to wait until it happens to find out how it goes. Okay? But just on paper, I mean, give me a break. There's, It's just the way it was before, right? Because ultimately, it's not about Kyrie. It's not about James Harden. It wasn't about James Harden. It's not about Dracic. It's not about these other guys. It is about KD. And as long as KD can roll, they're okay. You don't believe me? Look at what they were able to do last year. No Kyrie. A compromised James Harden. And he almost got them to the conference finals. Almost. Almost. They almost advanced. Okay? So... That's all you need to know about how great a talent Kevin Durant is. So it's going to be interesting. And I know we always joke there's not a whole lot of Net fans in our audience, but if you are a Net fan, I want to hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. Also, situation with the Knicks. And we'll hear from R.J. Barrett. We'll also hear from Tom Thibodeau as they return to practice today, as they prepare to start their mythical second half of the season on Friday against the Miami Heat. And they will do so without Kemba Walker. Nixon guard Kemba Walker have agreed that the four-time All-Star will be sidelined for the remainder of the season, team schedule, allowing him to work out in preparation for 2022-2023 season. This, of course, broke by our woes. Now, what does this mean? It means that, for me, it means that Derrick Rose is close to coming back. So, (laughs) he wasn't going to see a lot of time anyway. Could it also mean that we will get to see Deuce McBride and Grimes get some more playing time at the guard position? I hope so. I really do. Obviously, quickly needs to continue to show us something. He's got to get back on track. He's got to be the guy that he was last year. This has been a sophomore jinx for him. He's not been the same player. He's taken a step back. There's no doubt about it. He's taken a step backwards. So hopefully these last 20-plus games will get him back into a rhythm so you can really see what's going on with him. And I want to see what McBride can do against competition. Look, as, as Mark Berman told Gordon and I a couple of weeks ago, Yes, McBride has been lighting up Westchester. We get that it's a different competition. You can see it. 
But the kid can still score. And he can handle the ball. And he plays defense. So we can see this guard tandem where Grimes is getting some time, McBride's getting some time, Quickly's getting time, and they're all helping, you know, Rose and who else is going to be playing that guard position? Like Alec Burks. Then that'll be a good thing. Because at least we'll get to see what these kids can do. And so... I'm hoping that that's going to be the combination. And the fact that Kimber, and I don't know whose idea it was, whether it was Kimber's idea to go talk to uh, the Knicks or the Knicks go talk to Kimber or it was, uh, you know, whatever it was. The idea of him not playing in the fourth quarter and you and you made and you signed him and he's had the seasons he's, he's had is not a good thing for this front office. I'm just telling you, there's nothing you don't understand. There's nothing you don't know. The off-season acquisitions have not been good. They just haven't. Fournier at least has been decent, but you're not paying him to be decent. You're paying him to be a really consistent scorer from the three. And that's not what he's been. So maybe this is a sign of young players getting a chance to play. I hope so. And, of course, R.J. Barrett is back. So he's going to get some playing time as well. So, uh, listen, for Kemba's sake, and there were some games where he looked just awful, and you want to say, you know what, don't do it to him, don't embarrass him anymore, let him just sit out and and don't play him. The fact that he's sidelined the rest of the season allows him to get his knee back together. It also allows you to get him going into a, a year where you can. he's got an expiring contract. And you can move him. Teams love that. And then, of course, there's what's and the conversation surrounding Zion Williamson. We'll talk about that next. ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Talking to you at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN at, almost said at Gordon Damon. That'll be next week. At ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. Want to hear your thoughts about uh, a little New York basketball. That's our discussion as we start the show today. I'll give you my thoughts about uh, Zion Williamson and all the hoopla he is commanding. But let's get to you on the phones. Ronald is in Union Beach. He starts us off on ESPN New York tonight. Hey, Ronald. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Great. Awesome. I just wanted to bring to the NBA's attention how they should absolutely be worried if Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Durant are on the court. Kyrie and Durant running O and Ben Simmons with his legendary defense. Oh, my God. NBA should be worried if that happens. Plus, if New York waves his mandate and Kyrie can play all home games, they should be one of the favorites. Well, Ronald, I think they will be one of the favorites. There's no question about that. And and the Nets' big three, you, if it doesn't scare the NBA, Ronald, they should be very concerned. Okay. Now, the question is going to be, are you a Nets fan? Yes, I am, actually. So, how, what do you – I'll ask you. What do you think Ben Simmons brings to your team? Defense. I truly think he really didn't want to play for Philly. And I obviously it was clear that he wanted out. 
And mm-hmm. I think he's ready to prove to Philly what they lost. And I think he's going to go, you know, he's going to play harder than he ever has in his career. And I think that's obvious. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, Ronald. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, to see just – and I agree with you. There's no – listen, his defense has never been in question. Okay, that's never been an issue. You never hear anybody question his defense. Now, what's going to be interesting is will Steve Nash be faced to make a decision late in games in the fourth quarter where you have to sit Ben Simmons. Let's just say hypothetically he's in one of those issues where he's having trouble shooting free throws. Okay, and it's late in the game. Are you? Will Steve Nash have to make the decision to sit him and play Goran Dracic because of the fact that you he'll be able to hit free throws and be able to keep running your offense? Okay, even though you have Kyrie and you have Kevin Durant on the floor, so you don't necessarily need a guy to run your offense in theory. You won't. But to have a guy who is not afraid to shoot the basketball, to have a guy who's not afraid to hit free throws, to have a guy who's confident, confident, a veteran guy, that might be the sneaky move here. And I know Steve Nash indicated that they weren't going to try to ramp up Ben Simmons, that when he's ready to play, he's going to go. It is interesting. It is, it is going to be interesting to see how they play. On paper, should be a no-brainer. Should be a no-brainer. They should be able to rule and just roll and continue to dominate the way we thought they would when it was uh, when James Harden was the third guy as opposed to Ben Simmons. And once again, all the pressure really, very simply, is on James Harden. The pressure's not on Ben Simmons. The pressure's on Harden. Harden's the guy that left two teams back-to-back years. Harden's the guy who left this Nets team for whatever reason you may think, whether you think it was justified or whether you think he had um, issues with uh, Kyrie Irving and and the fact that he wouldn't get vaccinated, all those things. It depends on that. It depends on what you think. But still, you have to – this is a tough thing for him to leave in the middle of the season. It's not good. Not good at all but it could prove to the Nets' advantage. Really could. As I was mentioning about the Knicks, (laughs) I'm just really curious, and we'll hear from R.J. Barrett and Tom Thibodeau in a couple of minutes. I'm just really, really curious to see if indeed Thibodeau is going to adjust his rotation, if indeed Thibodeau is going to try to give young players a chance to perform. If indeed Thibodeau decides that, you know what, let me change my strategy and let me cut my veterans minutes to 25 instead of 38. (laughs) Okay. Wouldn't it be better logically Wouldn't it be better to have your starters fresh in the fourth as opposed to having them wheezing in the fourth? And I get there's been times that he's gone to the bench and the bench is not produced. I get it. I understand. Part of that is on them. 
part of that is on him for not giving them more playing time so that they have the confidence to perform. And so his last, the last time we heard from him before today, going into the All-Star break, was everything's, off, everything's on the table. So if everything is on the table, what changes will he make? Because there's no question he's got to make some. Because what, has, what he has tried to do before, very simply, has not worked. Hasn't worked. And to blow that many 20-point leads in that short a period of time, it's not a badge of honor, that's for sure. It's not. Your calls, R.J. Barrett and the coach of the Knicks, next on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Here till midnight. Hardesty flying solo. Gordon Damer away on vacation. He returns next week. Before we get back to the calls, just, just want to take a moment to acknowledge uh, all over reports, watching uh, on TV and all over the internet and on Twitter about the uh, announcement of hearing fireworks and bombs in the Ukraine. And there's been a lot of conversation about that. And of course our, you know, sister station on TV, WABC does a tremendous job and we'll keep you updated on that. But it's just a moment to think of, you know, prayers to all our enlisted personnel who serve us to, to protect us, that they stay out of harm's way. This is a scary moment. It's a scary moment when you start to hear situations like this, because that, can sometimes lead to escalation and the loss of life. So we pray that uh, all our armed forces representatives are are and will be okay. Let's talk to you on the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Reggie's in the car. Hey, Reg, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, sir? How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Reggie. What's happening? So I heard you made a comment that the pressure's on James Harden. And listen, I'm a Knicks fan, so... By no means I'm a James Harden fan, but I don't really think the pressure is on James Harden the way it's being told. I really, honestly, Larry, let me ask you a question. If mm-hmm. this net team was the New York Knicks with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, James Harden left, and for me, I, he left based on what was going on with Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he said, I didn't sign up for this. Mm-hmm. So this ain't working. I'm out. Um, if this was the Knicks, we'd be saying how all this pressure is on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because you two conspired to come together to play with each other. Mm-hmm. For me, you don't get the pass because you're playing for the Nets because in my personal opinion, no matter what you do in this town, if the Nets ran on five championships, they will still not be more popular than the Knicks. And that's not being the Knicks, and that's just been being a New Yorker all my life. You mm-hmm. will not be more popular than the Knicks. True. So you don't get the pass because you're playing for the second team, and now you guys don't deliver – no, I think the pressure is on those two because, again, y'all came together. Y'all wanted to play with each other, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, you, all this money that y'all making. So, of course, when you have those type of players, you know, making that kind of money, your team's going to look like the Miami Heat with LeBron James, right? Right, So it's right. LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Right. And then you want to, mm-hmm. you know, you get your little ancillary part. But this is on y'all. And because you are in New York, um, in my personal opinion, the pressure is on Durant and Kyrie when they're on the floor. No excuses. 
So if, if a miracle happens and Adam says, you know what, no mass mandate, and we get all three of them on the court, mm-hmm. there's no – I don't want to hear nothing about, well, you know, you know, uh, uh, Ben just got here. He mm-hmm. had to get acclimated. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. This is why y'all came together. Get it done. Because if you don't get it done, then it's a failure. Simple as that. Well, you're absolutely right, Reggie. But here's why I will – this is why I have the idea that it's James Harden that has more pressure. Mm-hmm. It's because James Harden has gone to Philly to be the number two guy. Okay, uh, Ben Simmons is the number three guy here. James Harden has been brought there to help out, uh, you know, to, to be the guy to take the pressure off Embiid. And he's just mm-hmm. come off a scenario where he has now forced his way out of not one but two teams in back-to-back years. So the pressure, while you are, you are correct, there's still pressure on the Nets because they still have to win that championship because that's what they were brought to brought here to do. Now in the mm-hmm. in, in the battle of the two trades, if Harden doesn't live up to the expectations of what he's got to do in Philly and they lose, there's more pressure on Harden. The you could actually you could say the Nets actually got better. With the trade, because not only do they get Ben Simmons, and that's marginal because we don't know what Ben Simmons is going to be, Reggie, but they get Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. You get another shooter to replace Joe Harris. So now you get somebody who can stretch the three. You've gotten other players, so you're deeper than you were. Thanks for the phone call, Red. So that's why I say, in my opinion, the more pressure is on Harden. Remember, Harden's the number two guy. In this scenario, Harden's Kyrie in Philly. So he's got to produce. All right? He is he is expected to do much more than what Ben Simmons did. He's expected to be that scorer. He's expected to be that jump shooter. He's expected to be the guy that opens things up for Embiid and, and Harris and, and the other young, very talented players that you have there. He's the guy that can give you the ball and take the shot late that you don't have to go to Embiid. You now have to find out, okay, where's Harden at in that scenario? And unfortunately for Harden, who's had, who nobody questions his ability to score, okay, he is a scoring machine. But in the postseason, when defenses have gotten tougher, he has not been the same guy. He's not been a guy that's elevated teams in the postseason to get him to that next level to get to the finals. And yes, I know that when he was playing in 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 in, um, in Houston alongside Chris Paul, and Chris Paul was hurt, and they did not make it past Golden State, they were ahead of Golden State. They could have eliminated Golden State, and everybody remembers how that team shot in Game Seven. So he's got a little baggage, and that's just on the court. We haven't even, and you you sprinkle in. Okay, I want myself out of Houston. I'm not doing that. I want myself out of the Nets, and I agree with you that I think that the situation with Kyrie had an issue with him. And even even I'll go this I'll go this for I'll go even further. Had Durant not been hurt, Harden would have not been had reacted the same way to Kyrie not being vaccinated, hypothetically. Even though we heard these things about him not wanting to be here and him not liking Brooklyn and him not liking what was going on with the coaching staff and all that other stuff. If Durant had not gotten hurt, 
and the load would have been shared between him and Durant, I think Kyrie Irving would have had a different type of mentality. Not saying that he would not have tried to leave here as a free agent at the end of the season. Not saying that because it was it was clear to me he's going to go for the money. <laughs> okay, he's going to try to he's going to try to be wooed again, as so many players talk about. You hear them. Well, I didn't go. Th- I didn't. I wasn't wooed like this since college. I want to go through that. I want to see how much how people how bad other teams want me and what my worth is to other teams, which you know I understand. As a free agent, you've earned that right. But I just think that he would have stayed had had those two things, unfortunately, not worked out. And we're going to remember, and Net fans, you will remember this trade because it's it, it it's the it's the trade where they only played together what sixteen times. The three of them were only together sixteen times. That's incredible. When you move and make as many moves. And although the Nets did pretty good in the deal with Philly in what they got back, they lost a lot in that deal with Harden. Okay? I mean, the fro has been amazing for Cleveland. He has solidified that center position. Strong defender, as he was with Brooklyn. Shot blocker, as he was with Brooklyn. Rebounder, as he was with Brooklyn. And he's scoring a little bit, too. So when you lose those type of players and try to get James Harden, and then you lose Harden, it's tough. It's tough. But it's, 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 uh, it's going to be an interesting situation to see how these two teams, uh, you know, fare. And I think it's March 10th. They go one-on-one against each other. Ethan's in the car. Hey, Ethan, you're next on 98.7. Yes, Larry. Yes. Yes. I, I wanted to make just say something about the Knicks first. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Larry, the Knicks need what they need. The Knicks is okay. What they need is a center. What Mitchell Robinson, did Mitchell Robinson ever ask for the ball? No, not really. Not not really. They need a center. They can go get, go ahead and get, uh, I forgot the name of that, Carl Anthony Town. Uh-huh. And, and Damian Lillard. And there will be, the Knicks will be the number two in the East. All right, then I... Well, listen, Carl Anthony Towns, there's no question, would elevate them. Uh, I just don't know that with Tom Thibodeau as your head coach, I don't know that Carl Anthony Towns would come here because he had issues with, you know, Thibodeau when Thibodeau was coaching in Minnesota when Carl and when Carl Anthony Towns was there. So I don't know whether Carl Anthony Towns is a different player men- mentally, if he's, you know, put that behind him, what that deal is. To be honest with you, Ethan, and thanks for the phone call, I think they really need a guard more than they need. Uh, a center. They need a point guard. They need somebody that can run this offense. They need somebody who knows what to do in the fourth quarter when when defenses get tougher and they try to take uh, Julius Randle away from you. What do you do? There is a, and you see it, there is a fear. There is uh, trepidation. There is lack of confidence in the fourth quarter when the Knicks have a lead and all teams do is put a couple of baskets back-to-back. 
what they do at that time, you can just see. Uh-oh, here we go again. The arms get tighter. Elbows get tighter. Shots get shorter. People don't want to shoot. That's why you need a point guard to steady everything down, take control, and run the offense. And you need a guard who can, much like Derrick Rose, who can hit the three, mid-range jumper, put the ball on the deck to create, either finish at the rim or pass, draw the double team and pass out to an open player. That's what they need sorely. And on paper, at the beginning of the season, that was their thought process. When Rose and Wesley and Perry signed Kimba Walker, figuring they would split the halves, they would split the minutes with Kimba and with Derrick Rose. And it turned out that Kimba's knee was worse than they thought, and Rose ended up getting hurt and not being available for 8 to 12 weeks. And that that combination killed the Knicks. Just killed them. Killed them. That's been the issue. Amongst other things. <laughs> amongst Julius Randle not having the season he had last year. Amongst uh, the lack of consistency at the center position because of injury. Because Mitchell Robinson's be hurt, been hurt. Because Nerlens Noel has hardly ever has hardly played this year. This is the Nerlens Noel type of play that we've seen previously. Last year turned out to be an anomaly for him, because he played a lot last year. That's been the history of him having these injury issues where he's not been available. Last year he was. So your rim defense has suffered because of their lack of consistency being available. So it's been a, a bunch of different things that has affected how this Nick team has performed. But Ethan, give me a point guard over center right now for this team. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great. It was fun. You know, just be out there and moving, you know, playing basketball again. Um, yeah, I was I was having fun. I was smiling the whole time, playing hard, so it was cool. R.J. Barrett, back to practice. Boy, the Knicks happy to see him. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN. R.J. Barrett also was asked about his ankle sprain. A lot of controversy, as you can imagine. A lot of second-guessing of Tom Thibodeau, who did not have a good week that week. But a lot of conversation about him and... Why was Barrett still in the game that late when, you know, the game was essentially out of reach? There was no reason to have him in. But he says the ankle sprain didn't just happen late in the game. I think I was just frustrated just with the injury itself. You know, just you never want to get hurt. Um, It was a a sprained ankle. You know, I always want to be out on the court. It doesn't matter when. So uh, I feel like especially with – Spraining my ankle like that, that could have happened in the first 10 seconds of the game. (laughs) So, like, it doesn't matter. All right, so, RJ, do you still have some pain in that ankle? Of course I feel something. I'm in in pain. (laughs) I am in pain. But, um, uh, you know, just getting back into it, it's going to be sore. Uh, It's going to be sore, but trying to, you know, just be mentally tough to to get through that. You know, I can can move, 
can move a little bit. So, like I said, being able to go out there and practice and, and scrimmage and really, you know, do that, um, that was a good sign. Um, I have another one tomorrow. So, you know, just going to continue to see how it feels. Okay, so I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not happy to hear that. I'm not happy to hear that he still has pain in that ankle and he's going to play. The fact that he's practicing on it, that's okay. I understand that. You want to test it, see what you can do, what you can't do. I got it. But right now, this once again, uh, and I get it. And here, and here's the situation. I understand from the Knicks standpoint, right, that they still believe that they have an outside shot at the postseason. I don't believe so. Okay. I don't believe so at all, but they still believe they have an outside shot at the postseason, even though they are, as of right now, three and a half games behind Atlanta and Charlotte, who are tied for the ninth spot. Okay. Three and a half games. So, I get that they think, okay, we can, we can make a run at this. We got to get into the postseason. With all the stuff that we've had, all the things that have happened, if we could get into play-in, who knows what happens. So I get that in theory, all right? But in reality, there's no need to rush R.J. Barrett back. If he's still got pain, let him sit. If he's still got pain... Why, why Why? are you trying to pressure him to play? This team, the way they've played this season, do you really think that he's that you've got a chance to get into play-in? And even if you get into the play-in, where are you going to go? You'll be gone. Before, you might be gone in the first half of the play-in game. RJ, with this new start of the season, what changes does the team need to, need to make? Honestly, try to win more games. <laughs> that's a that's an adjustment because uh, you know you can't look and say that we've been playing horrible. Because to be up twenty eight, to be up twenty three in Portland, to be like to to be winning those games, especially by that much, you have to be doing something good. You know, so I think we are in fact playing very well. Just closing out the game, you know, closing out the games, not giving teams life. Um, I think is something that we have to just continue to, to figure out and um, figure it out now. Then, RJ, you're not playing very well. You're playing well enough to get the lead, but getting the lead without getting the win means nothing. You've got to finish these games. Finishing is the next level. Finishing is what this team has to learn how to do. Finishing. Anybody can get a lead. It's whether you bring it home. And you haven't done that. So you're not playing well. You're not. You're not. You're not playing well. You're not playing well in clutch moments on either side of the ball, offensively or defensively. You're not getting loose balls late in games. 50-50 balls you don't get. Balls that roll out of bounds and you, you don't get. Balls that people, other teams are diving on the ball, diving on the floor for the ball late in games. You don't do that. You don't get those, you don't get those balls. You don't get them. So you're not playing well. You're not. 
you play well in spurts, there is no way that team that a team, a professional team, is supposed to give up three 20-plus point leads in what, a week and a half? And I'm being kind. It might have been a week. In a week and a half? In L.A.? In Portland, which is ridiculous, and the ultimate one against Brooklyn, on your floor, in your building. Come on, man. I understand you got to spin it. I get it. I really do. But don't say you're playing great. Because you're not. Tom Thibodeau spoke to the media today, of course. Asked about the rumors that management is blaming him for the Knicks' rough patch. I talk to Wes all the time, so you know I don't I don't respond to rumors and any of that stuff. So you know I know I know I know the drill here. I've been here before, so uh, I don't worry about any of that stuff. You may know the drill, <laughs> and I know you've been there before. But when you were there, the Knicks were playing a little better basketball than what they're doing now. And the other thing is, all right, you may speak to him all the time, but I have a sneaky suspicion that everybody was called up to the principal's office after that embarrassing 28-point deficit, 28-point deficit that you allowed the Nets to overcome and beat you in the garden with the owner sitting courtside. I'm sure everybody had some explaining to do about that one. I know if it was my team, they would. Oh, there's no question. If it was my team, a bunch of people would have been in the principal's office. And I need to know what the heck is going on and why this continues to happen. And I need some answers. I want to know why they didn't make moves whether it at the trade deadline, whether it was because they felt that they were not going to get equal compensation. If they didn't like a deal that they felt they didn't like, whatever happened, whatever it was, I need to know what's going on. Now, the media may not know, the fans may not know, but doggone it, you better be talking to me as the owner. I need to know what's happening. And I do think somebody from the front office needs to talk about what's ha- what has happened with this team. It's been ridiculous to watch this over and over again. It's unacceptable. Yeah, I know the Derrick Rose injury hurt this team. There's no question. We got it. We understand that. We do. That you didn't have a real talented guard that could do things and help you out and be experienced and know how Thibodeau runs it. But once again, that's on the front office. You needed more depth. Let this be a lesson. In the offseason, you really need to see some differences in how this team is put together. You cannot come back next year with the team in the condition it's in now. You just can't. You got to make some changes on this team. Whether you get rid of Kimba and Fournier, whatever you do. Okay, this year, 
the people you signed did not work out. No matter how you slice it. So this offseason, you have to make some changes. And the number one change is, let's all say it together, Nick fans, like we haven't said it before, right? Got to get the point guard in here. Got to get the point guard. And another primetime scorer. So that when Julius Randle sits, the offense doesn't stop. And in the fourth quarter, when he's doubled or tripled or whatever's going on with him, that somebody else can put up some shots in key moments so that you don't lose 28-point leads. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter. At hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. We're here till midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7. We've been talking a little New York basketball. Talking about uh, Kyrie Irving possibly returning to the Nets for home games. If uh, Mayor Ed- Eric Adams has indicated that he may be ready to ease the uh, mandates for indoor spaces. We'll hear from his honor in a couple of minutes. Right now, let's hear from you at 1-800-919-3776. We head out to Elizabeth, New Jersey. That's where James is hanging out with us on 98.7. Hey, James. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment on this because I, I love Julius Randle like I love Charles Oakley. And I think I think the bottom line is that uh, Julius Randle has been given a Marcus Camby when he really needs a Patrick Ewing. Now, last season, all you ever heard was centers like Andre Drummond, uh, Miles Turner, even uh, De- DeAndre Aiden. You know, you get, kept hearing those rumors because de- in, deep in their heart, they knew that that's what they needed to give Julius Randle. And then this season, they gave him three centers that are all the same center. No matter who you sub in and sub out, you're getting the same guy. And they just keep doubling. The, the two and the five just keep doubling. And, and, he's, and he's struggling all season. And, and, and that's like the nucleus of the problem. And it would be a shame if they trade him, you know, when the reality is we, the old, the, the Knicks dominated the, that's what Knicks are about when we dominate the paint. And they're, they're not, they're getting away from that. You know, and then to, to end up trading him, you know, going into the off season and, and knowing that you should have did, you know, got him somebody in the paint to help him offensively, you know, would be a shame. But James, uh, well, I hear what you're saying, but here's the other side of it. Okay, Julius Randle is not in the paint either. He was in the paint more last season than he was this season. He has decided to go back out and do more threes than he did last year. And, and I think he has countered, I think he's overreacted to the adjustment that was made to him in the uh, postseason by that, Atlanta. Okay. And, and ultimately a, that, for me, that, James, they need a point guard, yeah. man. They need a point guard more than they need a center. This is about handling I, the basketball. This is about setting the tone. This is about running the offense. Okay, yeah, do they need an upgraded center? Sure, it would help. 
But the priority has got to be a point guard to run this offense and be able to score. It seems like every team is piggybacking the same defensive scheme. It's like we're just going to contain the point guard. The 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 two and the five are just going to constantly double team uh, Julius Randle, and 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 that's the same thing. And just and just one on one with with R.J. Barrett. It, every team it, like those past three games we saw, everyone was was piggybacking the same defensive scheme. So you can I mean we could get point guard yes, but if there's nobody in the paint, the the, the two and the five are still going to be the helpers to shut down Julius Randle. Okay, but James, it, then who's getting the ball to the center? Who's getting the ball to to, to the guy who, who's who's the five guy? If you if you if you have a five that 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 the that Julius Randle can play off of a center that you can throw the ball into and get your bucket, you don't it don't even have to be a franchise uh, starting center. You should at least have a. Like, there's no versatility at the center position. That's all I'm saying. Even I, I got you, you had, James, but here's like, what I'm saying to you. Julius Randle turns the ball over. There's been a couple of games he's turned the ball over six, seven times. I don't want him handling the ball at all, James. Thanks for the phone call. I don't want him doing that. That's part of the problem. That's part of the reason he gets doubled so easy. Because he dribbles to the side to to the sideline, and then people come on the double team, and now he's turning around looking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, I don't need him dribbling the basketball. I need him going down court, setting up, so that he can, so that we can get him the ball before the defense sets up. That's why you see him take it on himself. And that the one positive thing about that road trip, if you could call it, and I use positive in quotes, was the fact that he pushed the basketball and was able to get some early offense for the team. That's not his job. He's doing that because they don't have a point guard. The point guard's supposed to be pushing the basketball and getting him easy shots or going in the paint and commanding a double team. He's he's playing a point forward role because they don't have a point guard. And then because of that in the fourth quarter, he's exhausted because he's playing 38 minutes. And then when there's a loose ball or somebody's wide open, his guy, he can't go out to guard them. I mean, you know, that's my issue. And unfortunately, if I if if there is a player that I really 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 think can help this team and I've got to move Julius Randle, I got no problem moving Julius Randle. There is nobody nobody on this team that's untouchable. Nobody. But I like to hold on to RJ Barrett. Yeah, I would like to. He's not untouchable. But I like to hold on to quickly. Yeah, I'd like to. I've seen some things from him I like. He's not untouchable. There's nobody on this team that's untouchable. And listen, I I was a big Julius Randle guy last year too as a Nick fan. Okay, he was totally different than the first year. I was very happy. But I'll be honest with you. Just me, I can't put Oakley and Randall in the same sentence. I can't. 
not what Oakley meant to those teams. What he did on the boards to set to set a defensive tone for those teams. And he was able to score a little bit. I mean, I can't put him in this. I, I just can't. Julius Randle is a very talented player. And he 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 may be a okay, he he may be a better scorer than Oakley. But Oakley's what Oakley did on both ends of the court. I I I, I can't do it. Jackson Brooklyn, what's up, Jack? Larry, real quick on uh, Ben Simmons and Kyrie yes. Irving. Yes. If, um, the problem is with Ben Simmons, like you said before, that we would have to take him out, you know, late in games. But really, you have to, you need him for late in games for defense. That's the big problem. You need him for your for defense late in games in the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't know. Listen, Jack, if you're a net fan, right? Yes. Okay, if he can – if perhaps he is able to relax and go to the free throw line because he does not have to score in the fourth quarter because you have other options here, more than one, with Durant who can command and get any shot he wants, with Kyrie who could get any shot he wants. If Seth Curry's on the court, you have his, his ability to spread the floor with the three. So you may not need him – to do anything of that nature, right? And per, and perhaps right. he will focus on this a little bit better than he has in Philly and will prove that he can be the complete player and work on his free throws. If that happens, listen, it will be great. But overall, I still think, you know, you can he'll he'll he will help you defensively even in spots in the fourth quarter. Now, what'll right. happen is you have to move him around and maybe do a kind of an offense-defense thing that you've seen teams do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think that from a defensive standpoint, he's going to be a welcome addition for you guys. He really is. And he's got something yeah, to once, prove. He's got something to prove. And once we get Kyrie Irving back, you know, for home games and Durant, mm-hmm. we can, no one can stop us. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're in the catbird seat, my friend. Thanks for the phone call. You are. You're able to, you're able to do what you need to do. If you can get those guys back. And once again, the Nets are not asking Ben Simmons to do what Philly asked Ben Simmons to do. Okay? They didn't. He does not have to carry the workload that he had to in Philly. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.